let's do this again. <laughs> no, you can't say that. They don't know that it even was going to come out. Well, we're going to air this part because Ferris and I did a postpartum, but hey, everything happens for a reason, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> so the uh, we did a, a postpartum uh, podcast and it didn't, it, it went as planned, but it didn't go as planned. I mean, we totally rogued it. And uh, it was like, when when was I, what, three, four months postpartum, would you say? Yeah, it was, it was pretty close because we had just started the podcast again. And mm-hmm. we, you're like, yeah, I want to record this. And I was like, oh yeah, totally. And it literally went so far. It was like, <laughs> here's Ferris's birth story. It was like, uh, that's a no. But it was it was good. I mean, we definitely learned a lot from it. Um, however, you guys, it uh, deleted in thin air, and it was crazy because Ferris felt some kind of way about releasing it. I felt some kind of way about releasing it. But I'm glad it happened because so much has happened between now and then that you know now I feel like I'm in a better place to help other women in this space because it's truly the unspoken of and you get past a point after six months i feel like and things change again your hormones change again and you look back on what you may have felt was like traumatic but wasn't um i we all have different experiences like some women (laughs) i want to know those women because those women that just go through like having a baby and they're freaking on cloud nine and um you know then that whole entire year is just bliss for them like kudos to you i'm freaking i'm i can say i'm jealous <laughs> right <laughs> i mean yeah, i'm totally say, jealous i mean dude, gosh, like, some women i'm like how are you doing they're like i'm amazing i'm like that's nice but really but really are you though because there's so many things that i feel like i even say like yeah i'm doing great i'm doing amazing or yeah i'm fine and how many times have i coached you know people saying that you usually when you say yeah everything's fine there's usually an underlying, no, I'm not okay. Somebody please like come hug me. (laughs) Yeah. I think women, the I'm fine line is Mm -hmm. that general response of like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, yeah, everything's good. But really they're saying, help me. I'm screaming inside. Yeah, seriously. So I want to talk a little bit about somewhat breeze through this part. Um, You guys heard a lot about it in my my birth story about, you know, I experienced a traumatic birth. Um, I had this whole facade of it being like natural and beautiful and just, you know, they make you watch these videos and they're like, "Eh." and like the baby comes out, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So it's just, it's a beautiful process. And I do know women that have experienced that and I wish I did. Uh, However, that's not what cash wanted. And that's not what God had planned for me. Who knows what could have happened had I given natural birth because of how, you know, my birth was. And it was so scary because I, I believe I talked about the timeline in my, my coming home journey. It was, you know, I went within an hour and a half, I was having my baby clear across from just a check-in, uh, clear across town to labor and delivery to all of a sudden after being there for, you know, 20 minutes of monitoring, I'm being ran into the OR, you know, and I didn't, even in my birth video, I said, I don't even have like his name picked out. Like I had a few names, but it wasn't finalized. So moms, if you can just relate to like, wow, like, dang, that's how fast it went. You know, you kind of still have those last few days to finalize your bag (laughs) you know you're going to the hospital bag even down to your baby's name i didn't know the gender um so that was really fun when you know that was a really beautiful experience so i I definitely picked apart the positive and you know my baby came out healthy 
thriving. Uh, you know, to this day, he's thriving. I'm very, very just, I'm, I'm a proud mom. Like you can't, <laughs> if you, if you guys follow me on social media, Tiffany Marie underscore Davis, um, pretty much on all outlets, you will see that I am just so proud, <laughs> so proud of this little nugget and nothing in the world could just ever steer me any other direction with just how beautiful and, and proud I am of this little boy. But I want to talk about the coming home because we, we come home and we have this honeymoon phase. It's like the first two weeks and you have this little person, you don't care how many times you're getting woken up a night, you know, and you're there just staring at them and you're just so in love. You never experienced this love before in your life. You, you just, you can't explain it. And people would tell me all the time, huh, Ferris? You just, you can't explain it until you have your own. I, you know, this little nugget that greeted us, uh, <laughs> just with like the biggest smile. Um, and when he came out and just ready to embrace this world, that's how he has been since day one. He's just full of love. He has the biggest freaking smile on huh, like just He's so cute. And if you guys don't follow her on social, you need to, because I am obsessed with him. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a baby like that. And you just look at him and he just smiles and lights up the world. And I think that's what you really want from a child. I think that's the beauty in children and babies is they have, they can do no wrong Mm. and they're just so innocent and Mm. they Mm. look to you and they're searching for you and the smile and the joy that comes is something that is so unexplainable to where it's like, you're just, I'm just so blessed to have this child and to be this child's mother. And it's, it's incredible. And I know some women, it, it does take time to feel that. Oh yeah. And so that that's, you know, that can be another side of it is sometimes women are are almost scared of their children because they're, they're so unsure. Yeah, no, that's a very, very good point. I mean, I think there's a little bit of fear there. And I mean, like example, as soon as I come home, you're like, are they breathing? Uh, <laughs> uh, I heard him make a noise, but is it okay? <laughs> you know, I can't even tell you how many times I put my finger underneath his nose or put my hand on his belly to make sure it's moving. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of mixed emotions, right? And then there's how you delivered. Um, there's a healing process for a mom, whether it's through, you know, natural birthing, vaginal birthing, um, or through a C-section. I have to say, since I've had a C-section, that's all I can uh, relate to. So the one I will speak about is that, and then you could talk about, you know, because you were able to give vaginal birth and you could talk about that healing process because I I do think that they're very similar. Personally though, I feel like having a C-section is a lot more intense from the healing aspect of it, mainly because, and you know, this is just my own opinion, everyone, you can take it for what you will. Um, but I will, I do want you guys to know I'm seeing this with love and compassion and just my own journey, my own experience. So I respect every single person's journey because sometimes it could be even through vaginal birth can be extremely traumatic and painful. Um, but my personal experience was that having a C-section through my particular birth was we had to have three people hold me back because my contract was so strong. Um, and that's what was potentially, uh, restricting the baby's heart rate to come back up. So every time I'd have a contraction, it wouldn't release, um, which then he would hold on. They, this is their theory, uh, that he would hold on to his umbilical cord, restrict his oxygen, which would take his heart rate down. 
um, which makes a lot of sense to who he is today because he's very, very strong and he holds on to everything and he's been doing pull-ups since he was two months. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, heck, since one month, he's just super strong. So we can see how, you know, that happened. However, uh, I just remember being in the hospital. I still didn't really cry that much because I was so drugged up. Um, I was coming out of it. I was on so many pain medications, I think two at the time. And that's a lot for me considering I hadn't, I don't put anything in my body. So it was a lot to like, just kind of sit there and kind of go through the motions of, okay, now I have to get up out of bed and, and nurse my baby. Um, and even just moving like an inch or two, it was extremely painful. So trying to mother your child with a C-section was very, very hard for me personally. And um, I don't think I realized because I never like I, I wanted to have out of sight, out of mind. I never really did any research in C-sections and what that looked like because I didn't want to call it in. When I, I came home, I talked to Ferris about it and she was like, yeah, that's intense. They went through six layers of muscle and I'm like, wow, I didn't even really you know, puzzle that together. Being at the hospital, thank God for my husband. It was so sweet just to see him be so hands-on. And I just remember him coming to me. I think it was after the first day. I think it just hit him too. It just happened so fast. And the first day he said, uh, you know, honey, I, I was driving and I was thinking like, wow, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine what you just went through. And I can, you know, say from the outside, but you know, it was a lot, but I just couldn't imagine having my stomach just cut open like that. Then pulled apart and then the baby's here and trying, it's just, you know, it was a lot for both of us. So it was really sweet to see him be in that space, but coming home from that, you know, I spoke about it in my last podcast. I just sat on the couch because they say it takes about 72 hours for you to real, really realize from a post-traumatic, you know, stress response, what just happened. And, you know, they even say, cause I did my CCW training. They, they said that that's why they'll, why they'll send cops home for 72 hours after, let's just say they had to shoot someone or they just saw, you know, a gruesome something, you know, anything wide range, you guys can kind of put that together. Uh, but they'll send them home for 72 hours and do a psyche evaluation to see how, how much it affected their, um, you know, their, their traumatic state. So, and that's about right. I came home on my second day and I just sat there and I just cried on the couch. Like, did that really just happen? Um, and then I'm staring at this beautiful baby. You're a mom. <laughs> you have this little person, you know, like Ferris said, full of joy, their little backpack full of joy, full of love, full of all of the unexpected that we're about to go over. <laughs> And uh, that was a really big pivotal moment for me because then I called, we, her name is a placenta lady <laughs> in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, and I said, Hey, you know, we brought the placenta home because she gave us very clear instructions and let's move forward with this because I felt myself just being like in this, the most emotional state ever. And it wasn't like, I was just sad. It was like an overwhelm cry and also a happy cry and an uncontrollable cry. There was just so many emotions that I didn't really know how to explain it. I just remember, you know, the very next day her coming over doing all of that. And I couldn't wait to get this in my body because I knew that it was going to be goodness for me. And she said, if you want to get something in your body now, there's a tea, <laughs> there's a tea I can make. So basically what she lets the uh, placenta cook in it. So it basically goes into the water and it's like a broth. And so I sat there and I'm talking to her and I'm like drinking the drink and it was actually pretty good. It was like oddly good. Um, and so I'm drinking it and then I just like, I drank all of it. And so she's sitting there and she's like, okay, so you can sip on your drink throughout the day. Um, and you can you store the rest. And I was like, I just drank it all. And she, <laughs> she looks at me 
and she just has this like astound look on her face. Like she's like just in shock. I'm like, what? Was I not supposed to drink at all? She goes, for the first time in 16 years, nobody has ever drank a full cup of their broth, their placenta broth. And I'm like, oh, I guess I really needed it. She goes, no, most people can't stomach it. I said, well, I drank it like I needed it. So I was like, so like my body, as soon as it tasted it, it just wanted all of it. So that's how I knew that my body was in need of these nutrients and in need of, you know, basically to get this back into my body so that way I could heal. Um, and so it was really crazy to hear her say after 16 years, that was the first time somebody ever did that. It was like really okay. But I felt great <laughs> right after I had more energy. I just, I remember, I don't read there first. I can't remember. Ferris has been by my side, you guys, for a lot of life events. You know, she's definitely a girl's best friend. She'll do anything for her friends and family. So there's a major part of my gratitude heart that goes out to her. So that's why I ask her a lot of questions because you forget things sometimes and it's really nice to hear. So I don't I think her. I was there. Um, I, cause I remember getting the call from clay that you were going in and I was yeah, like, of course, I'm so not wait, there. Let's pause. pause. She's the phone tree. We call yeah. Ferris and then she calls everybody else. <laughs> Right. It's she was like the first person. Probably yeah. Well, cause I, it was, I mean, you could hear the panic in his voice. So it was kind of like, Hey, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just want to let you know, and this is happening now. And I'm like, Oh, of course. And you never, and I'm sure a lot of women and, you know, between your girlfriends, like if you get a call from the husband, like something's going on nine times out of 10, like you probably don't hear from your friend's husbands, unless it's like, Hey, this is what's going on. You're needed. Can't get a hold of so-and-so. So it definitely was like, Oh, I'm not there. And I think it was, uh, that's right. Even I was coming, it was, I was coming a couple days later. So I literally showed up on that two day mark after you got home. How many moms can relate that literally when this went down, like everything was crazy or one person or your family that was supposed to be there just weren't there. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah. I felt horrible. Cause I was like, of course, I was like, of course she would. But it's like <laughs> that beginning of that week, she was like, yeah, I'm at a one. She'd had her checkup. I was like, oh, you can sit at a one forever. I was like, that'll be fine. I'll be home at the end of the week. Yeah. That's and I sat at a two for like two and a half weeks. Right? Yeah. So, so it was, crazy. yeah. So anyway, yeah, to fast forward past that part, it was just, that's how fast I went for everybody. I think everybody took a minute to kind of grasp um, what was happening. So we, uh, with you being there, you, I mean, you came home as soon as you could, obviously to come see the baby, but that's when I think the first two weeks was like honeymoon phase. Everything was great. I didn't care how many times I woke up, but also they sleep a lot. So you're like, I could do this. This is this. I could totally do this. You know, um, my husband went back to work after two weeks of being home. Um, he was actually with me that last week. So it was Thanksgiving or no, 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 sorry. I can't remember why he was home for three weeks. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause it was Thanksgiving that week. And so they let him have that extra week. So he went back to work when the baby was about two weeks, a little over two weeks. And I was like, yeah, I got this, you know, and he's just started nights. And I thought that that would be better because you know, we're going to be sleeping during the night anyway. I mean, a lot of your moms are probably like, oh my gosh, she has no idea what's about to happen at night. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, you know, I think that would be better for us. And then when you came home, you know, he could be with us more during the day, but I totally forgot he had to sleep. So (laughs) anyway, that first, uh, I would say around three weeks, um, 
the baby started waking up a lot more and then he developed colic. Didn't know what the heck <laughs> it was um, at first because I was just like, why is he screaming at my breast? Um, he latched on right away. So nursing was very big for me because I didn't get that experience. So I'm like, at least let me get my baby or get, get him the benefits from nursing. And because nursing is just so, so amazing for your baby. And I know it's a, it's a struggle. Most people don't talk about how challenging it is. It's not like as easy or as, you know, smooth, I should say, as it, it should be. And there's a lot of depressing moments and I don't like to use the word depressing, but it was, you know, it was a lot of you know, struggling to see what's going on. I, I mean, I've called lactation consultants. I called my doctor. I went in twice to go see, you know, does he have a tongue tie? And no, he was fine. So we really couldn't figure it out. The doctor even thought he had reflux, but I'm like, he's not vomiting. So there was, you know, I was doing everything from gripe water to gas, you know, and again, like by myself. So it was a lot and I'm still healing from a C-section. I'm like mentally just you're tired. There's a, this tired that you can't explain. Um, it was just so like challenging. <laughs> I don't like to use the word hard, but it was hard. Um, I would say challenging because who doesn't like a good challenge, right? I mean, it put me through a lot of really what, what I was capable of. And I think that's what motherhood does to us is it, it takes to, to another level of strength and it, you, there's another level of like super power. <laughs> that's the best way I can describe it that you, you move into and it's not about you anymore. And no matter how tired you are, no matter how bad you feel, no matter anything, it doesn't matter. You've got to get your ass up and you've got to go and be there for that small little person that God trusted you with, <laughs> you know, and it's in a sense, this is, this is your new reality. Like moms don't get to be sick anymore. They don't get to have those moments where they can just be alone and process something anymore. That little person is right there and they get to be with you through it all. <laughs> and, you know, eventually it gets better and over time it gets better. And, you know, when you need a little bit of alone time, like they're old enough, you know, once they get to that point to go play on their own or whatnot, but that you have to remember that this is the part that nobody talks about. This little person is right there, no matter what, because they are just that newborn baby that is just needing you at every second, at every hour, no matter what you're going through, you've got to brush it off and pull this strength out of you that you never knew existed. And it was really challenging to figure out what this was. Okay. Now this is week three to six. So it didn't stop. And he would just go on. I would nurse him. He would scream at my boob, but I didn't, I didn't know whether he was tired or and I'm learning the cues, you know, like you got to learn these cues, whether it's tired or hungry or, or I'm wet or whatever. And so it's, I'm going to back it up to like the nineties, early nineties. You guys remember those little like nano pockets? <laughs> Do you remember that parents? <laughs> yes. No, I'm bringing this up for a reason. Okay. So these little things you had to like figure out why I was crying, why I was chirping. Yeah. It's to... called the Tamagotchis. Did you know they came out yeah. with them again? No. Kylie has one. Yes. Okay, it's like well, a every thing. Every child needs one. Okay. <laughs> she couldn't hang even one day. What? Because <laughs> it was yelling at her. She's like, it won't stop. Can we turn it off somehow? My point exactly. Okay. Because you have to figure out why this thing is 
like chirping at you, right? And not the thing, like the child's not the thing, okay? I'm talking about this Tamagotchi. Is it Nano? I can't remember. No, it's called a Tamagotchi. And yes, the child, you can compare the child to chirping, yelling, screaming, dirty. (laughs) Yes, it's the exact same thing. Not the thing, okay? (laughs) The child is more than a thing. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's crazy because when you think about that, that's like your first experience of trying to figure out what this thing wants, right? So moving fast forwarding to having a child, you got to learn it all over again, right? You got to listen to these chirps and sounds and cries and figure out what this little baby needs. And so, and then to top it off, you guys, while I'm still healing, trying to get up out of bed and still, you know, I could barely freaking walk the first couple of weeks. Um, again, doing this on my own and bless my husband's heart. You know, there were times where he was just like, I'm coming home to help. It was so bad. <laughs> uh, cause he would just hear the baby scream and he would be at work cause he had the camera at work. And he's, he, even though he was at work, you guys, he was still hands-on watching the monitors, helping me, coaching me through things where he could. So major shout out to my husband with that. Um, and he's a phenomenal father. So it's, I don't, I honestly don't know what I would, would have done without him sometimes. And, and definitely Ferris, I've called you many times in the middle of the night, like, Hey, you know, can you help me through this? I think you even were on speakerphone at one point, like walking me through like how to, you know, get him out of his colic and scream. It just, it wouldn't stop, you know? And so I tried everything. Oh, it makes me emotional even talking about it. Cause it was hard. It was very hard getting through that. Okay. I started to see a light at the end of the tunnel around five weeks kind of. I got COVID. (laughs) I got COVID. Okay. You guys like I got freaking COVID with a freaking newborn. Like, come on, like, give me a break. Right. But I realized I went through that for a reason. I would have to say that this was the largest COVID outbreak since it came out. I think it was from, you know, end of November until January, February. I felt like one in three people had COVID that I knew during that time. That's a lot, you know, if not one in three, it was pretty much my entire circle. I got that on top of the colic. I was just drenched in sweat, peeling myself out of bed to nurse my baby. And looking back, I know that I had to go through that in order to give my baby the antibodies to fight it off, whether we went to go see someone or we were driving or whatnot. So now he has immunity because I went through it. So I looked at that as a positive. Uh, however, it was a very fair, that was, you want to talk about strength. That was like a whole different strength that I can't even, I don't even know how I did it, but I just remember telling my husband because we had not only the baby, but the girls were visiting for, um, Christmas, I said, honey, you're going to have to stay home. Like, I can't, I, I, I physically can't do this. And I don't think I left my room that entire week. That was very, very challenging. So my psyche at this point has been through the ringer, <laughs> through the ringer from, you know, my hormones dumping and coming back up then dumping again, then going through colic and then going through COVID with the newborn. That was just like the freaking cherry on top lots of self-talk and telling myself, you know, it's going to get better. It's going to get easier. A lot of people around me telling me the same thing, you know, Ferris, you're right there with it. There was times where I was even, was this after COVID or before COVID? I can't remember uh, where you're sitting down, you know, and we had, it was just, we had a lot of people come and visit and that was kind of overwhelming for me too. I'm, I'm definitely, I recharge. I'm an introvert. 
where I recharge when I'm alone and I recharge when I'm in my own thoughts and I recharge when I get back into my routine. So when there was a lot of people coming in and out to visit the baby, it was really hard for me to just be and and understand like what's going on. And I just remember her sitting next to me and something happened where I needed to check in on my business. And I just broke down in tears with this baby trying to nurse on me. And, you know, he was kind of colicky then too. So it was just so much, (laughs) so much that I don't, I don't even think I would a few months ago, I don't think I would have been in the same mind frame that I am today to be even able to talk about this because a lot of women don't know how to talk about this. It's something where if you don't have a strong circle or people pulling you out of it, it's really hard to even if you have all of the books, even if you have all of the training and you have all the tools to pull yourself out of it, it's a different level of lows because I wouldn't say I got depressed. I don't think I was there long enough um, to classify it as depression, but I was getting pretty dang close uh, postpartum depression. But I was going into this low where there were many times where I'm like, man, if I didn't get myself out of that, I can't even believe what today would look like. And how long I would stay there. And I know Ferris, you can relate to that because you've had your own experience, even through, you know, natural birth and, you know, going through what you went through, you came home, you didn't have a traumatic birth experience from what I remember. So you coming home and having your own personal hormone dump, I know you had mentioned that you were there for a good year or two. There were a few times that I cried because. I would go over there and I would kind of see, you know, and I think age has to do with it as well. Like I had Kylie younger and, you know, it's been 10 years. So having, if having a child now, it's, it definitely, especially your first child, it's, it definitely does something to you because you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are with a child. Like, you know who you are, but everything changes. And I seen it in TIFF and I was just like, wow, like, if I would have had somebody that was telling me all these things and reminding me that, Hey, you have to get out of it. You have to push through. It's going to be okay. I think that definitely would have helped me. Um, I was in such a weird space at the time. And I think I've said this to many people before. I was never that person that was like, Oh, I can't wait to be a mom. I know for Tiffany, she was always like, Oh, you know, one day I'm going to be a mom. I just know it. I just know I'm going to be a mom and you you kind of strive for that. But I never had that mindset. So when I got pregnant, it was such a whirlwind. And even as amazing as everything was through the natural birth and everything and everything that I experienced, the aftermath was um, I definitely didn't see that coming. And I definitely want to touch on when Tiffany talks about, you know, that 72 hour point, it literally was 72 hours. And then I started breaking. And I remember we didn't have as many people come over as Tiffany did, which I had told her at one point, I said, you need to tell people to go home. You need to tell them to go because you are not in the right space. I was like, I'm going to even go. Like there was points where I would come to her house and just kind of clean up her house because I knew that that would just add another stressor. And she's like, oh, well, the baby's sleeping. You can't see the baby right now. I said, I'm not here for the baby. Like, I'm not here for that. Like, I'm going to have many opportunities to be here for the baby. Like, I'm here for you. And was foreign to me because you were the only person that understood like what I needed. And it wasn't to hold the baby. It was to help mom 
do the laundry. Oh, this is going to make me emotional. I'm don't so get emotional. <laughs> don't get emotional. Don't know because don't. It's, it's something that, you know, we even need to this day. Like I have a seven month old and he's going to be eight months. You know, it's people think you need help with the baby. <laughs> it's not just help with a baby. It's I need help with the dishes. I need help with the laundry. You want me to sit down and watch a movie with you when I'm sitting there, like thinking about the 200 things that I have to do <laughs> in the house. Moms need someone to help them with the outside factors, not just the baby, but continue. Cause that, that's a very, very big nugget. If anyone is listening and they are pregnant right now, get with your circle and say, here's what I need. I need help with eating. I need help with the laundry. I need help with, because you're throwing diapers out of your ears. Like <laughs> you're just, there's, that's what you need help with. So I'm, yeah, there was many times that I would go over there throughout, you know, gosh, it was probably the first month. And she'd be like, oh, well, you know, Clay is sleeping and the baby. And I said, listen, you're not going to even know that I'm there. I think I did laundry. I did dishes. There was one point where she's like, well, I got to eat. And she kept walking around. And I said, sit down. And I took the baby from her. And she goes, no. And I said, I'm going to take the baby and you're going to actually focus on something. And I think just from my experience, if I would have had somebody to kind of really direct me in that area it would have been a lot easier because then I would have had that time for myself to kind of come out of it because I didn't realize I was going into such a a postpartum type of depression so quickly. And, you know, the things that are available to women now is so incredible. And I talk about this with Tiffany and a lot of people, a lot of times, because they ask me if I'm going to have another kid. And it's, I know people say, oh, well, you can't think this way, but if I were to have a baby now, there's so many things that I know now that it's almost a little unfair because Kylie never had that. You know, I would be aware of certain things and I would have certain things available to me and whether it's the placenta pills or whether it's how to get your hormones back on track. So I kind of just went into this phase, you know, and I think me and Tiffany both have really, really supportive husbands. Like, you know, Troy was absolutely incredible. Um, when he was there but you know he went back to work after two weeks very similar to Clay and it was kind of like well figure it out and you know thankfully my child um, you know she was really really good I can't really complain she never got colic or anything like that but just to be in your own thoughts of like well I can't just leave anymore I can't just walk out the door and you know there's all these steps that you have to take and um you know, your body comes into, you know, that mind frame as well. Like, okay, well, I don't look the same. I don't feel the same. Mm -hmm. Why am I thinking this way? And it's, it's so different because you, it's, I think people sometimes think that, okay, well, you have a baby and you just immediately go back to how you were doing. And that's not the case. Like you Mm -hmm. have to learn a new way of doing life. And Mm -hmm. if you're used to having dinner at five, well, you're probably going to have dinner at seven or eight. Like, and that's just the reality because you have to kind of retrain yourself. And I've told Tiffany many, many times when she was pregnant, like, Hey, I'm going to keep an eye out for you because I definitely don't want you to go down the road that I went down. And I spent a few years kind of in this state of just going to keep going. There was really no emotion. I was just kind of like existing in the moment. I wasn't really feeling, I wasn't really understanding. And not until later did I really 
realize that that's what I was going through because I was going through that hormonal kind of postpartum shift to where I was just existing. I wasn't really feeling, I wasn't really super happy. wasn't really sad. I wouldn't say that I sat there and cried. And I know some women have, you know, with postpartum, this fear and, you know, there's also the really bad side of it where women want to harm their children. You know, there's, there's so many sides of it, but, and I wasn't really any of those. I wasn't, you know, scared or anything like that. It was just kind of like, okay, like, I feel like I no longer exist as a person, as a woman. I feel like I, I'm just here and I'm just, this is, you know, this is just what it's going to be now. And nobody cares about me. And I'm never going to look the same. I'm never going to be the same. And this is just my duty. So it was, it's definitely when you talk about psyche and mental, it's what's crazy is that, you know, people will say, no, that's not true. That's not true, but that's where your mind goes. And you're just, you know, I, I never even clay said, you know, there's you, when a baby is that colicky, it's, you don't think about hurting your child. I I mean, it's a different, you just like, you don't know what to do to stop them sometimes. And I think that it's just so much and you're already so low and, you know, these babies just, they, they require so much and they're just screaming at you and you don't know what to do. And you've got to like, stop this screaming because it just, it, it's some, I I don't know how to explain this part. It's just a blob of a feeling that you can't, you know, in a sense, get out of right away. But it is like you said, like you, you question like your worth, you question your existence, you question your identity. The first three months, the baby doesn't even know he's out, he or she is outside of the womb, which is crazy to me. You know, by month three, four, they start to realize their surroundings are, you know, they're okay. I'm starting to know who my mommy is and who my daddy is. And they have siblings and getting back into your groove from that is very, very, challenging. Like Ferris said, it's not like you're retraining yourself. You're reprogramming yourself. I feel. And then you go into the training because you still really don't know what you're dealing with. It's different every single month, every single week. It's different. You know, that's how they just, if you guys all have children that have gone from infant to their first year, just like how fast that goes, that's how fast things are changing. So you, right. When you get into the groove of something, something else happens, something else changes. And it's like Ferris said, it's like, you go through these like highs and lows of what is my existence? Like, I'm just a mom now, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being just a mom, but remember who you were before you were a mom, you were that, that, you know, whatever it was, either where you were vibrant, you were up and going, you were super energetic, you were getting your sleep. Like, there's just so many things that were just like, but there's also a part of you that are like, thank God for this little person. It saved my life. You know, that baby saved my life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. You know, you talk about from birth to one year and I know for me, like, I'll be honest, like, if someone were to be like, oh, do you remember when Kylie was six months? Like, I will be honest and tell you, no, I don't. Because I don't, I was just going. And I think, you know, for Tiffany, you personally, it's nice that you're able to be home. And mm. as hard and as, as challenging it is to work through these emotions and these hard nights and the colic, you're able to be home. Sure. I had to go back to work when she was four weeks old and so it was okay this is what it is and I saw something the other day talking about mom guilt and how the mom guilt is real and 
the moment that you leave your child or, you know, whatever that is. So it's to have the ability, whatever it is, whatever resources that you have available to you, whether, you know, you can do the placenta, whether you can, you know, breastfeed or pump or, you know, whatever uh, supplements that you need to take or, you know, invest in a coach or a mentor or a therapist or something to get you through that so that you can be present, I think is so, so important. And I know Tiffany talks about her circle all the time, like that is vital. And I've heard so many women over the years talk about, like, I really found out who my friends were when I had a kid. Mm -hmm. And that statement is so true. You are going to have people that you never see again, never hear from again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to, there's going to be people that surprise you that are like, wow, I would have never thought that that person would be here for me. Mm-hmm. I never thought that that person would be here for my family. You know, they may have not been there your entire pregnancy, but there are people that show up. And mm-hmm. I definitely think that's, that's a godly thing where they just kind of show up when you need it because, you know, God knows that you need that extra little help. And, um, gosh, it's, as I think about it, some of these women that, you know, don't go through it, it's just like, and I know you said in the beginning, like, wow, like, I wonder what that would actually be like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's powerful. And, and I think, you know, working, working through those emotions with your circle is important. And that's where I am so grateful because who knows, again, as, as I am, somewhat of an introvert and guys introvert doesn't mean like you're just you just like to stay home all the time and be home yes I do but I mean I'm not a hermit (laughs) but being an introvert also means that you process things better when you're alone block out the noise um and then you also are able to recharge in your alone time versus being around other people where sometimes those energies can drain you which that's me very highly um I feel like that makes sense I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off, but like, I'm an extrovert and you so, around people, <laughs> right? So when I had Kylie, I literally feel like there was nobody around. Yeah. And so that's why it, I think if more people would have been around, yeah. it would have been so much better. So when I went yeah, back to work, it had yeah, a lot of people around and, and I, and it, I do attest to it with my childhood because I was an only child. So I always played alone. I always read. So in a sense, like that's where I got my energy was, I was always alone, you know, for the most part, but I, I don't think everybody's like that. I think, you know, even other people who are only child thrive with being around people because they haven't had that either. So there's both ways to look at it, but um, whatever your personality adapts to just kind of take note now, especially if you are pregnant or you've just had a baby if you recharge alone, communicate to your partner and to your friends, like that's what you need. Maybe have that one or two friends like I did, um, that will continue to come over and let you be like Ferris would literally just come over. And I think, cause she knows my personality so well, she would just come over and she knew that like, if I said something along the lines of like, no, please leave, you know, that you're not even going to know that I'm there. That's all she needed to say. And I was like, okay, because she knew what I needed as a friend. Right. And you'll have those people in your life. Like for me, I like to be with someone where I could be doing absolutely nothing, but absolutely everything at the same time, where we could just sit on a chair and not even like have one word and just drink a cup of coffee. Like that for me is everything. And those are very far and few between. And I'm grateful for those few people in my life. And that's where, you know, she knew exactly what I need. And I think that's so important to 
think, and I wish someone had told me this back then was to start evaluating what you need for when that time comes. Cause you never know what's going to happen. So start maybe like having those people. Okay. This person, Hey, can you come over and help me do laundry the first week? Can you help me with meals this week? Start going down a small little list, whether that's a mother-in-law, you know, like, or a mother, this is what I could totally benefit from and use from the first like week or two. And I think that will really set you up for something <laughs> amazing because had I known back then that would have been a lot easier to communicate, but thank God, you know, for Ferris people and just the people that came over to help, you know, my sister-in-law brought us hamburgers. My mother-in-law brought us, you know, a meal here and there and also came over just to visit, just to make sure we were okay. Um, you know, Ferris came over, did my laundry and another girlfriend came over and they helped, you know, um, with my nursery, what I thought I needed first, <laughs> but they rearranged it. And they're like, you don't even need this, this, and this until he's three or six months. And I'm like, okay. And I'm just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like watching stuff like fly in the nursery. <laughs> but at the same time, like what I thought was overwhelming helped a lot too. So there's definitely both sides to it. Um, but I will say working through, you know, being a new mom and then also balancing. So I do have businesses that I, I work from home with and thank God for that because, you know, I worked my entire life to be able to have this time with him. Um, and it all made sense all through, you know, the short-term sacrifices, the up, the ups and the downs of entrepreneurship. My goodness, like it's crazy sometimes. Like I even asked myself, like, you know, when you're, when you're someone who relies on security because I didn't have it as a child, as entrepreneurship is the craziest career you could pick for not having to, for having a secure or security, I should say, because one minute you're making, you know, six, seven figures, the next minute you could be making half that, like, you don't know. That's just like, that's how entrepreneurship is like with sales and, and also like having your own product, your own, you know, program, like whatever that is, it's always up and down, up and down. So you have to be okay through the ups and through the downs. And that taught me a lot again, through my postpartum journey, because I recently just came out of a down. I, again, I'm not saying that it's depression because I feel like I'm able to communicate about like where I'm at, but I, I noticed that I was crashing around his seven month mark, um, or between his six and seven month mark. But I, I know why now I can identify it is because I was overwhelmed. I was, you know, we have two bonus girls and I, my husband has two beautiful daughters and I've had these girls for the last six years. I didn't know how to be a brand new mommy. And then also, you know, having another child that would come in, um, who requires attention and time with trying to balance a career, clean the house, do all of the things. That's where I, I just went into overwhelm and I started to crash. So I noticed that when I go into overwhelm and I don't know if that's across the board, uh, what I could actually identify it as, before, you know, some of us can get into a low, like, I guess, look at your outside factors. And if you feel like you're doing way too much, that's where you need to, I feel what I needed to do was to slow down and communicate like, Hey, this is what I need. What I failed to do was communicate to my spouse until I had like an, I call it an episode because I just feel myself like for real as <laughs> an episode, <laughs> I, you feel yourself going. And it starts slowly and then it just happens really fast. All of a sudden you're down, you're testy. Everything makes you mad. You just want to put your head in a pillow and not come out. I remember just laying in bed with the baby for like hours. And I'm like, how do I continue to go about my day right now? I just want to sleep. But obviously I got up, I had to go and do what I needed to do for my little one. Um, but then I communicated to my husband, like, Hey, that was just too much for me. And here's what I could use from you 
and, and the thing is, is if you're a single mom, first and foremost, you're a freaking rock star. If you're a single dad, freaking rock star. I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy. And I can say with my husband going back to work at nights, there's a lot of nights where I'm alone and a lot of mornings when I'm, you know, he's sleeping where you just have to figure it out. Like there's been times where thankfully my baby can sit up now. I've had to put him on the shower floor so I can get a shower in too and bathe him at the same time because you're just so tired. There's just, uh, there's times where you need to overly communicate. And that's also something that I do highly. And sometimes it's too much for people is I overly communicate. And I know Ferris knows that <laughs> I overly communicate to a point because you at least will know where I'm at, but it also sounds like you're complaining. It also sounds like you're, you know, doomsday, but you're not, you're just trying to communicate before you have a down, you know, or before something happens. And I catch myself thankfully because I have the tools and I've done a lot of personal development. I can feel it. And I know Ferris, you can relate to is you catch things a lot faster when you have the tools and personal development. So I, that's why I highly, you know, there's been many episodes where I've said what you can do as far as journaling. And I mean, I was religious about my morning routine and a lot of people can say, don't ever stop doing that. Even when your kids are here, but I will tell you that's out of the window because I don't know what time he's going to wake up. <laughs> I don't know what time it's just, it's so every day by day. So I'm grateful just to even be able to get a coffee in and be able to sit in silence for 15 and 20 minutes. Sometimes I just want to sit there and that's the same thing. What I, what I do at night is I'll just sit there and whatever I can do in that 15 to 20 minute span, my baby's also not sleeping through the night. Like most people say that he should be. And I don't, and let me tell you moms, do not listen to anybody else when they say, this is what your baby should be doing. Okay. This is, I mean, if somebody does say that, say, you know, I really respect what you're saying, but please let's not say that because it does make me feel X, Y, and Z, or it does, you know, put me into comparisonitis mode where I'm comparing myself to other babies and every single baby is different. That also can throw you into a spiral that also can make you feel depressed and defeated. And that's not something you should ever be comparing yourself to allow your baby to be who that baby is over time. They'll either calm down or they won't. It will get easier and better as they get older. Absolutely. But some babies just don't sleep through the night. Some babies only sleep 30 minutes and some babies sleep freaking three hours a day. And kudos I to you. Every kid is different. Yeah. I think it's not, you can't compare one kid to another. And, mm-hmm. you know, you talking about your morning routine, I, you know, Kylie being 10, I still think that that's still out the window. Every day is still going to be different. I think even as they get older, because you're just not sure what the day is going to bring. Mm-hmm. So if you can get, you know, 10, 15 minutes, take that 10, 15 minutes and do whatever it is that you need to do, whether it's a morning routine, whether it's coffee, whether it's, you're just sitting there. And I think that's really important. I don't think that that ever really changes. And it's, it's something you kind of have to accept as well. And it's, I mean, you have the people where it's like, oh, they slept this many times and they wake up like clockwork at this time. And it's like, listen, there's some times where I remember with Kylie, gosh, she was probably two or three mm. to where if she wasn't up by like six or seven and it's like eight o'clock rolls around. And I know Tiff can relate to this. Like you kind of wake up in a panic, like, oh, did I miss the cry? Did I miss the, the <laughs> signal? Did I like, oh, so- you know, and you kind of go into this, this mode, but I feel like every baby is different. And I've heard so many stories from new moms and how things are just so different, whether it's a sleep schedule or you know, you get one win. It's like, Hey, I got a six hour stretch and that is everything. 
everything. I think I've only gotten one or two of those. The reason I say that is because I always don't go to sleep right when the baby goes to sleep. Like, I think it's so funny when people are like sleep when the baby sleeps and I'm like, okay, <laughs> when the baby sleeps, you're like, like you have to go drive around in a car. If the baby needs to get calmed down, would you like me to fall asleep at the wheel? Like <laughs> there's just, or you have to take the baby for a walk because they won't, you know, calm down. Okay. Would you like me to sleep while I'm walking the baby? Like, it's just it's really hard to be on their schedule, you know, in the beginning. Yes. If you're home for the first week or two, then absolutely. But it's just, it, as they get older, it definitely gets a little bit more challenging, but you know, I'm glad that we're talking now about this because I think I'm a whole different person than I was when he was three or four months, you know, now he's going to be eight months on the ninth, July 2nd today. Um, and I'm still pinching myself because I feel like I blinked and it happened, but I am grateful and not taking it for granted for every day that I get to be home with him and grateful that I was able to build my career up until this point. And there are times where, you know, I am hard on myself and I know a lot of entrepreneur moms can relate where it's like your business does somewhat of a sense, take a little back burner. Um, and you do get, you know, things cut in half, whether that's income or whether that's your business. And because you, you can't be as active as you would like to be, or, you know, show as much of your face as you'd like to be, but that's where the hard work that you have built up, you are grateful for that. Cause you're, you're looking at it like, man, I'm still making people's full-time salary, you know, where I get to pretty much do absolutely nothing and be a present mom. You know, that's what I've been able to do for the last seven months while still, you know, helping my clients and patients here and there. Um, but when and where I can versus, you know, all the time, <laughs> which is really, it is a beautiful journey. Um, so I am grateful for that, but I'm grateful that I'm talking about this right now because just coming out of that low, I get to now have a little bit more wisdom around what, what exactly I'm talking about, because I felt like I was so like in the, the beginning phases in the midst of still coming out of it. And now he's a little bit more independent. He's playing by himself. He's sitting up, he's freaking almost walking. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he's walking in the next few weeks. Um, but he, you know, I'll just look over and he's just sitting there. I'm like, and he's just content for 30 minutes, sitting in the middle of the living room, doing nothing or just, you know, playing with his finger. Like, <laughs> so I'm grateful to be able to talk about this because coming out of that last low really had clarity of what it is that comes up for me. And I noticed that if I'm in overwhelm, that is where I start to spiral. If I feel like I have literally nothing left for myself and everybody in their dog, even my dogs <laughs> were needing me and needing more of me and more work and more things started to pile up. That's where I went into freak out mode. One thing that I can absolutely, cause I want to, the thing is, is like, you know, we don't want to just talk about the bad. We're, we're going to talk about the good now. Okay. Cause the good is, is the, it is so much fun. I have, I'm so obsessed with him. They like come with this little backpack full of love, joy, and just, they just exploded onto you. I wake up, I see this smiling face. He's smiling now. He's, you know, kind of talking back a little bit in his little babble. Um, he's, we get to go for walks. And that was one thing that I didn't have the first month because it was during the winter here, sorry. And uh, when it was winter here, I couldn't get vitamin D. I couldn't go out. Um, I couldn't get fresh air. Uh, freaking the one time I did, I got COVID like, <laughs> you know, so, and then I was back home for another three weeks. One thing that I wish that I knew that I had was, um, definitely getting out and getting fresh air. Those little people, <laughs> they love fresh air. They love the park. They love to see things. Their whole world is changing, you know, 
between objects and, and colors and facial personalities. So he's become a part of my day and it's becoming easier. And I'm, I'm really allowing him to be a part of everything and noticing that it's beneficial for him and it's beneficial for me. Um, I'm also doing one thing a day to make sure that I'm doing something that where my house doesn't feel cluttered, because if you do work from home, that clutter can really bring in, it can feel like the walls are coming in. And I say I'm in my own paradise of prison. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a very beautiful way, because I love being home. But at the same time, that, that's where you're at all the time with a baby, if you're staying home with your baby. And so your environment really, really matters. That needs to be your peaceful, joyful sanctuary. And again, if it, there's overwhelm, there's clutter, there's laundry piling up, you've got dishes coming out of your ears, you've got to do bath routines, feed the baby, try to feed yourself, uh, find time to plug into your business when and where you can, if you're working from home, it's a lot. Then you got to feed the dogs. You got to make sure, you know, everybody else is fed. And this is where you can communicate. This is where I can use help with dinner. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we need to knock out the laundry. Like I'm just starting to get clear on that. Like I talked to Ferris before this podcast, like I actually organized this podcast because that's, what's going to make me feel better. Right. I never organize a podcast. I usually do things rogue, but I'm noticing as a mom, you can't do things where you're flying off the handle or you're roguing it. Sometimes you can absolutely. And I think it's healthy that you do those things, you know, where you just fly off and go with the flow. But if you have an organized day, like this is what I'm going to knock out today, you feel accomplished. You feel not so overwhelmed. You feel like if I did one thing today, it's not making me feel like anxious. I have struggled with anxiety since I was a little girl. And it's because, you know, instability, overwhelm, like that just is what comes up for me when we go into these highs and lows of postpartum. Um, and you know, I even, I talked to my mom about it and she said that it could go for a year. You know, I'm also an older mother, not saying that I'm old. I'm an older mother. I had my first child at 35. The, that is not considered old to me, but it's considered old to like, you know, high risk doctors. That's when you have a mature egg. Like there's just so many things, you know, <laughs> so many things, but again, your hormones don't bounce back. Like they did when you were 20. You know, a lot of things don't bounce back like they did when you were in your twenties. And as you are maturing and getting older, I, I do know that I'm in the perfect place to be a mother. Um, I'm definitely more wise and more mature. I'm able to understand these, these highs and lows a little bit better, you know, getting sunlight, getting fresh air is huge. Uh, if you are in a winter, um, maybe supplementing with a vitamin D with uh, vitamin K. So that vitamin D actually absorbs is really good. I usually say if you're in a winter, anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 IUs um, of your vitamin D, a good B complex, uh, which I failed to do. And I, I don't know why it took me so long to take it. <laughs> um, I thought it was in my prenatal, but it wasn't. Uh, so I started recently taking that again, and it is helping so much. And then magnesium before bed. Uh, that's a really, really good one. Um, whether you have postpartum or you're struggling with lows that you just have in life, uh, having magnesium really helps ease the mind and also it helps ease stress. It brings a calming state to your body. So it's not in a fight or flight mode or in your parasympathetic mode where you're, you know, just you, you, you want to stay in that, that calm. I'm going to keep it layman terms here. You want to stay in that calm state and that's what brings your body down. That's why they say take magnesium, um, before you go to bed because it'll help you relax your body, relax your muscles, relax, just everything. It just brings a calming state. So those would be like my top three things. And if you, um, aren't 
taking them, take them now, even if you are or aren't pregnant. I really think it is important and vital to take it of, I mean, just all the time. So, and also having your nutrition. I don't, if I, if my nutrition was off, I know for a fact, I wouldn't be nowhere near where I'm at right now. Just even experiencing those, those lows. Like I couldn't imagine if my nutrition was off, you know, because fried food does something to your psyche as well. Um, not having the right amount of nutrients, your brain and body are lacking vital vitamins and vital nutrients, vital proteins, things that you don't realize have such a huge effect on your mental health, having just those lows with being on top of it. I mean, it would have been 200 times worse. So it is so important to supplement where and where you can. A lot of our foods aren't, uh, getting those proper amounts. I used to be one of those people that, you know, would only get proper amounts or thinking, I should say, I was going to get proper amounts of everything through food, but it's just impossible nowadays, unless you're growing it yourself, you're getting the right amount of nutrients and vegetables and fruits and whatnot. It's very, very hard and challenging to do that just through foods alone. And this is where supplementation comes in. And would you like to say anything on that Ferris? Cause I know you had a little bit of a different experience on that. Um, I mean, you know, coming from what you come from, you know, the health world and taking care of yourself and supplementation and just having the available resources that we have now. Um, you know, I think back 10 years ago, I mean, I, my prenatal was a one a day. And I think I took like additional folic um, acid because I read somewhere that it was good. So um, as soon as I had the baby, I stopped taking prenatals, which I don't, I mean, thinking back now, that was a horrible idea. And I literally didn't do anything. I didn't do anything that I was supposed to do. I didn't take any additional supplements. Um, you know, I had Kylie in January. So, you know, so I didn't really necessarily have a winter phase to where I could, you know, just not go outside, things like that. Plus I went back to work. So I, yeah, it's <laughs> completely different. I like I said before, I would do things so differently if I had another one. And uh, it's, yeah, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have the placenta. I didn't do vitamins, any supplements, none of that stuff. The only thing that I was concerned about was my milk supply. I know there's a lot of women that breastfeed. I didn't take that route, but I decided to pump instead. And I was very, very blessed in that area. I did not have an issue with it. And that was really my only concern was to make sure that I was eating enough to pump for the supply and just kind of go about my day. And yeah, so it's, it definitely was completely, completely different. And I literally did absolutely nothing for myself, which looking mm -hmm. back is not a good thing. No, so important. Yeah. Nursing is definitely, man. <laughs> <laughs> nursing was challenging. There's been many times where I'm pretty sure I think I mentally gave up, but I never gave up for the sake of him. I mean, now it's like freaking amazing and he's getting everything he needs, but I can see how women give up and I can see why people stop. And it's because like you said, most of the time you're not even giving anything to yourself. And then you're, you're doing this on top of it. It's a very emotionally draining process if it doesn't go the way that you thought it would. And I have yet to really speak to someone who has had just a beautiful, easy experience 
whether they did in the beginning and something does happen like colic or, um, you know, they, the baby wasn't latching or all of a sudden they stopped feeding and then they found out they had a tongue tie or a lip tie. There's just so many things with nursing that, you know, if you have a beautiful, easy experience, it's awesome. Like, and I do know that, um, it, it is there and it's possible, but then there's the other side of it where, you know, it's a very, uh, that, that in itself is a very emotionally, um, dreaming journey. If you don't have the nursing experience that you thought you would be able to have, um, where they tell you it's beautiful and natural. It absolutely is. Oh my gosh. It's one of the most beautiful bonding moments you can have with your child. If it's not going the way that you thought it would, the emotional aspect and that that low really kicks in and you just feel like you're missing out. You feel defeated. You feel like, you know, you're trying to do this for your baby and it's, you don't know if you're giving them enough milk. You're, you're in that state too. I I remember the first time to go see his pediatrician. I I didn't sleep that night because I couldn't wait to see if he gained weight. Um, My breast pump didn't come in until I think he was three or four weeks. So um, that's, Cause again, I had an emergency C-section. I didn't even get a chance to file the paperwork to get my breast pump because <laughs> I was right. I was literally going to do it that week. It took a minute to get in. So anyway, just with that kind of a start, it, it is, that's, that's also overwhelming. Um, I think that's going to be the word of this podcast <laughs> overwhelm. If you could just get your, your body and your state into a mind or to a, a mindset and a mind, basically a state of just knowing what you need to do to help you combat overwhelm, setting that up now is so huge, but, you know, I do want to give a huge shout out to the moms that have conquered all of the highs, all of the lows, all of the moms that, you know, were able to breastfeed that weren't able to breastfeed and you needed to do what was best for your child. I commend you because I do know that every mother in a sense would love to breastfeed, but if they can't, um, you know, and they had to supplement, you're not a failure. You're not, in any way, shape or form, you know, defeated, if anything, you, you rose above and you gave your child what it needed. And, you know, you're all moms, in my opinion, are superheroes. I have a newfound respect for my mom and it's just, I, our relationship has gotten better because of it. I've understood where she's come from. You know, I can understand how, I mean, my mom was a single mother growing up. And I just think that now looking back, I'm like, man, how did she do it? And I've forgiven her a lot. You know, I've I've forgiven her for, you know, where she's fallen short. And now I can look back and say, man, yeah, I went to daycare. Yeah, I went to, but she was just literally trying to survive herself and, and keep me in the best schooling. You know, I went to private school my entire childhood. I was in every sport you can think of. She was going to college, getting her, you know, her bachelor's while I'm in childcare. And a lot of the things where I had resentment towards, I'm just, I look back now and I'm like, dang, she had to do what she had to do in order for us to survive. And so a lot of forgiveness and healing went into that. Um, And I think a lot of moms who have had single mothers can look back and if you haven't forgiven or you haven't healed, maybe allow this episode to give you a little bit of healing in that space. Um, because again, it's something that imagine what your mother was going through and fighting for and, and just whether they were in the best environment in the beginning, but then they, they really wanted to give you the best in the end. So it, it was something for me where I've really emotionally matured. I've done a lot of healing in this process, 
even through my lows, I still have those moments where I just break down and it's okay. It's okay to just let go and not have control over everything and just be and allow yourself to cry and allow yourself to, you know, there's, I mean, I still do it. I just did it a couple of days ago where, you know, he wasn't having it <laughs> and I was on the ground giving him a bath crying. It's okay. I feel like when you cry, you let it out no matter what, you know, it's, it's just a season and you'll come out of it. And it's just something that you learn and you grow with and getting emotional now, just thinking about it. Cause I'm, I'm just, I'm the happiest I've ever been yet. There are times where I'm just so hard on myself and take as much time as you need. Just don't stay there too long. I think we've talked about this many times. Do not stay there too long because you don't want it to get to the point where you don't come out of it. I know that, you know, some of you may be in it, um, but I'm so grateful again, going back to having tools, wishing I had someone like this podcast to tell me that it's going to be okay. And it gets easier. Um, I wish I had someone to tell me what to do when you're in overwhelm and what you really need when you come home from the hospital. <laughs> and I'm really grateful for my friends and for my family, because again, it's a small handful. And like Ferris said, it's those people you didn't realize that were going to step up so much. And but, you know, I always knew Fer Ferris has always been a ride or die. <laughs> I knew that was going to be her uh, coming into this. So I am grateful for you too, Ferris. So this is also a gratitude podcast because looking back at this beautiful journey, you are a superhero. You are unstoppable. You are a woman who is raising the most beautiful child. And no matter what, all moms, I just have to say are absolutely incredible and just warriors, <laughs> um, dads as well. So just be kind to yourself. Uh, use a few of those things that I said, um, that helped everybody's different. Every baby is different. Give yourself grace, compassion, and forgiveness. I know that's not, it's easier said than done. Uh, but it is something where just remind yourself every single day, just do something every single day that serves you and highly communicate what you need. And, you know, I would love to hear your last final words on that Ferris. Cause I know that was a lot. I just went into it's, it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it's moms were like Tiffany said, we're, we're these unique human beings and we were given the ability to give birth and whether you gave birth to one kid or triplets or, you know, twins or, you know, whatever it is, just you know, I think you summed it up perfectly, you know, be kind to yourself, show yourself grace and compassion and know that you're not alone in this and find yourself, you know, a community of women that you can lean on. Find somebody that you can talk to that is going to pretty much be in a no judgment zone and just know that in life there are seasons where we have high highs and there are seasons of low lows, but you are a mother and we're given the greatest blessing known to man and at the end of the day it's all is going to be well and pretty soon you'll be celebrating all of these milestones that are you know ahead of you and just know that you're appreciated and loved amen girl and to wrap that up because i'm sure we'll have another one <laughs> a year from uh, not a year but my year check-in i should say the milestones are just absolutely beautiful and enjoy this time moms are gangsters. That's just it. I mean, <laughs> we figure it out. We just do. That's why we're moms. Moms just figure it out. You do it, you go, you keep moving forward. And that right there is just the ultimate gift that God has given us is to be able to, to be a mother every single day. I thank him. Absolutely. So 
until next time, guys, I hope you had enough, uh, enough advice, I should say. <laughs> um, it's still ever changing. And like I said, I'll do another check-in, you know, either I would say when he's closer to one and give you guys an update with how everything's going. But I really wanted to have this podcast be about what nobody talks about. And it's really cool. And I will say, you know, even though the, the days are long, the years are short and embrace every single moment you have with that baby because their baby's just for, like you can literally pinch, pinch it in time. And someone said it to me, you only have five summers with your child, being a child, five summers and 18 summers total with your kid. So that really set in with me um, to not take a day for granted. So until next time, we love you guys and we will catch you on the next episode on TikTok's podcast.